Welcome to New and In Between, hosted by me, Mia Quinn Maddox, where I'll be discussing the hows and whys to my journey towards my faith. I've learned through my highs and lows that this path is not mine to travel alone. Join me mid-journey as I embrace my wins, losses, and everything in between. Welcome, everyone, to New and In Between. I'm your host, Mia Quinn Maddox, and welcome Today, I have my good dear friend, Anthony. Anthony, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you from so much for gracing my sofa, recording episode two. So, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's an honor and privilege to be here. Thanks. So, Anthony, let's see. I've known Anthony for a really long time. I've known him since he was 12? Like 12, 13. So yeah. over over 15 years. Yeah. We're not oh, going to tell our age. Exactly. No, just yeah. a long time. I've known him for a long time. So I've known him for a long time. That only says how old I am, but we're not going to get into that. But um, so I know Anthony. When I started styling 50, each one of those artists had drivers. So mm-hmm. 50 had a driver, um, which was Bruce, uh, Bruce Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Bruce. Um, Bruce, my guy. And then there was uh, your father, yeah. um, Free, who drove Banks. Banks. And I don't know who, who, who else um, drove everyone else. Yale had his personal guys. They switched. Yale didn't have so a driver. He just. Was he, CK or CK was I don't, doing one of them? So right? basically what happened was. The, these artists also had friends that they grew up with. And a lot of the time they were trying to figure out where they could put their friends or where to hire their friends. So um, y- y- Yale's brother drove, yes. He drove for yes, a little while. Yeah. Um, and then who drove Buck? I think whoever just flew in. Deshaun? Or was Maybe it Deshaun? Deshaun took over Buck when he came in. Okay. Well, either way, everyone had a driver. And Anthony's father, Free, ended up being Banks' driver. And that's how I initially into, um, in, ended up meeting uh, Free. And then Free would bring you around. And I was little free. You were little free. So it was free and little free. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so that's pretty much how I know you. You saw me in the thick of it when I was, you know, as in the beginning. You met me in the very beginning. We were, we were, we, we've been around from the beginning. So you got to give yourself some more props. You was the best stylist and probably the best stylist he's had. I, I, could, it out I, there. I definitely could agree to that. And that's not to take nothing away from the, you know, the people who style him now, but I definitely set a precedence and I, I secured a look and um, you're welcome, world. <laughs> that's all I can say. I mean, thank you, 50, for giving me that opportunity, but you're welcome, world. I definitely, uh, you know, we, we don't we don't allow ourselves to take accept the, credit, the flowers yeah. or to say, like, I did that. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing wrong with being proud of yourself for saying that you did something because we have definitely created lanes and we've done some things in yeah. this world. I mean, let's talk about now what, what you do. What are you doing now? Let's talk about your father's <laughs> bank's driver to now mm-hmm. to now you guys own your own transportation company. And mm-hmm. let's just say that this transportation company that they have is not new. A uh, lot of people started, you know, it became something yeah. new, but. Let's talk about that. Tell tell us what you do now. Tell us the t- tell us a little bit of that. Okay, so um, 
as Mia said, I do own a transportation company with my father, A Free Ride Luxury Transportation. I also do real estate. I'm a real estate agent in New York City. The transportation company we had this June made 10 years. Damn, with 10 years? 10 years. So Wow, that's a long time. I didn't realize it was it 10 is. years. And we've been doing it for longer than that, but that's when the business became established. And as you know, back in the days, I was known as Little Free, probably the second youngest around on tour between Marquise and maybe wow. one. Yeah, I was the second uh, youngest around. Yeah. And I went from, I just been, I seeing everything, my father bringing me around and watching you guys work and like everybody was working hard around it. And then I had to look at, when I got older, I looked at an opportunity where I can fit the part and bring value. And then eventually my father started driving for 50. Um, and then after he drove for 50, I had to play a part in that once I got 20. And he allowed for me to do a couple of jobs and drive a oh, couple of places. Oh, you were 20 when you were driving 50? Yeah. It's like you don't really you don't really think about the timeline. So I met you when you were 12. You were driving 50 as, you know. And guys, let me just let you know that driving artists is not a simple task. So driving an artist is not an easy task. You are literally attached to this person. And if you are attached to a really big artist, that means you are attached to their schedule, which mm-hmm. means you don't sleep. Yeah. And and that's exactly what it was. My first uh, thing that I witnessed was one of the first weeks or a couple of weeks I did, I worked the whole day, like probably like seven in the morning. And I'll tell you, it's probably like eight at night. We in the studio. Next thing you know, we get a call. He's like, we going to PA. So I'm like, all right, PA might be an hour and 30. It was the PA where it was three hours <laughs> and 40 minutes. And I was like, whoa. That night, it was like 24 hours for me. And then since then, I just learned like that this is going to be very, very difficult, but I'm going to get through it. And that taught me like how I am now with getting up early, getting things done, like just watching the people that you're around, how they do their job. Like you can take that on to whatever you're doing and learn from it. Yeah, so that that's... is, uh, I, I did find that working with 50 and um, his work ethic was out of this world. So because his work ethic was out of this world, then my work ethic became out of this world. Mm-hmm. If he was up at six, that means I needed to be up at four. Mm-hmm. If he, if my call time was 6 a.m., trust and believe if his call time was 10 a.m., he was showing up at 6 a.m. Right. Whatever time was the first time that someone was supposed to be on set, I would be coming downstairs and he would be coming downstairs too. Mm-hmm. It's just how he did. If if the rule was if he's up, then you up. You up. So there was no sleeping. So those little things helped to build endurance in us. And even too now that I work in film and television, everyone's like, you know, they're all tired or beat down or they're mm-hmm. not used to the, I'm like, I've been doing this for over yeah. tw- over 20 years. This is just yeah. second nature to me now. You know, yeah. the waking up early, the working all day, the nonstop, like, People yeah. don't understand when you work for a big artist that's huge like that, if you yeah. are not, if you don't have ambition, if you don't have a good work ethic, you it's you won't last. Yeah. I, the one thing I could definitely say about 50 is he is a robot. Ro- yeah. <laughs> and I, I, like, to this day, for the person I am now, and I'm sure the person you are now, looking back at it, sometimes I haven't even realized the things that we had to go through. But it's like, not just a huge artist, but the things that they were going through at the time. And being prepared, like driving in a bulletproof truck, 
sometime wearing a vest because things could happen at any time. Let's talk it's, about that. Now, you know, we we the the whole point of my podcast is to talk about the in-betweens. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people know of all the great things of, of, you know, and not to say that they're bad things, but the in-between that the people don't know. Yes. Crazy. What was that? And mind you, you're 12. What was yeah. in your going on through in, in, in your mind? 12 years old. You're around. Had had you been around 50 prior to yeah, music? Uh, no. So I haven't been. My father was around 50 prior to music. Um, I got around during the Get Rich or Die Trying summer jam every year. Then craziness happening. So it's like around that time, it was like just for me as a kid, I was just experiencing like so much at that time. And it's just like. You got, I'm I'm around like people like BMF and things like that, and I don't even know who they are. I just know when I was in the car, some they walking by, my father like make sure the doors is closed and all that <laughs> stuff, and I, I'm just like, all right, whatever. You're I'm just following what yeah, you're I'm walking around told. with chain. I'm taking banks chain, buck chain, walking around freely however I want to, and it's like that was just the experience experience for me, and I was just enjoying it. But once it got to the work and it became a little different. Different. Because for me, it's like, it's funny because um, even Tim, Tim has been in the office. Tim worked in, in amongst us. Really? I never knew Tim during wow. that time. Because anyone who knows me during that time, my head was always down. Yeah. I'm busy. I am dressing everyone. I am cursing everybody out. Get out mm-hmm. my way. No smoking around these clothes. I need to get in. And I don't even think that I really understood the environment that mm-hmm. I was in. And the people that I was around because it was such a level of respect that people had for 50 that you knew mm-hmm. that nothing, it's weird to say, like, you knew nothing was going to happen. Right. Even right. though it was such a chaotic situation, you knew, you just didn't feel, yeah, you, you didn't feel, safe. you felt safe. It's a safe environment. Yeah, yeah, you just felt, I mean, even though, you know, people had on bulletproof vests and, you know. Yeah. But precautions, but... He always kept it with us. I mean, like, you know, he had that rule, too. If you fight, you got to go home. So he always had oh, he these, didn't play with that. Yeah, he had these things set like we're not fighting amongst each other, but because things like that can happen. You got to realize if you're on tour, you've been on a bunch of tours. You're around people every single day for, for two months four months, three months. And that's like being with your sister too long. Y- y'all going to get into something. Yep. But we're on the he same kept tour us. Bus. Yeah. We're on the same flights. We're traveling together. Yeah. Bad moods, good moods. You, you know, it doesn't matter. You're it up changes, every morning. Yeah. You're doing the show. It's like. People don't really understand yeah. the, what what really goes into, like, yeah. all of the, like, I'm sure people don't even realize, yes, there are drivers. There are people on the payroll that are drivers who get paid to drive these people around, not because they can't drive, yeah. because they can't drive. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be prepared for whatever can happen. Um, that's why I'm blessed to be able to work with him, because that taught me a lot of things in my business now to where... I know how to maneuver. I know how to teach other drivers what to do. Stay mm-hmm. six inches, away, uh, six feet away from the next car to make sure that if you do need to get out, you can when to back in a car. So these are things that I learned uh, working with 50 that I brought into my business now. And I always say, like, sometimes we don't see what everyone else's job details like for you. Like what your job details, what my job details, we all play a big role in one one uh, one thing that we're focused on. Mm-hmm. And if something goes wrong with you on your end, it could affect me and my end. Let's say 
I'm late bringing him to somewhere he needs to be changed at. Now that affects your your timing. Now I got to so rush. So we all play a big mm-hmm. role in certain things, and we got to understand that each person is important and we are valuable to whatever we're working on together. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, Taraji just recently said that, um, that there's a team of people behind them. We mm-hmm. always see the artists. You don't think about the many people behind them. I mean, even in... Uh, I just watched, I'm not sure if you've seen it, if you took your girls to see the Beyonce movie, but even mm-hmm. in that, just, you know, we, we see the finished product and you don't really understand yeah. everything behind it. Like, even myself, like, I started, it was just me and Tanya, and then now it's me, Tanya, and Tim, and mm-hmm. then now I have two sound engineers, Kipson and Ja, and then Tanya's bringing, you know, I had someone rewrite my words so that they wow. are, you know, so it's like all these things that are going into it that I... Didn't even know. I just thought the podcast, you turn the camera on, you sit and you talk. And there's yeah. so many things that go into play of of um, even something small like this. So mm-hmm. for you being a business owner um, and a real estate, how, how do you with family? Because you, mm-hmm. you, you are married. I am. And you do two have kids. two kids. Two girls. So tell, tell us, how do, you, how do you find balance as in being a real estate broker, driving, because you don't drive 50 anymore, but you do drive... Some high-end clients. I don't even know if you... I mean, can I say or can I not say? Um, You can say. It's, he it's, drives the queen mother of all mothers, Madonna. Yeah. And I'm going to... We're going to just say that because you drive Madonna. You wasn't even old enough to know Madonna's music. I and know. you are driving around a legend. Yeah. How is that? Like, how do you balance... You went from one huge artist to another huge artist to also running your mm-hmm. own business right. uh, as real estate. Now you're married, which is a whole nother job, and yeah. you have two kids. How do you balance all of this? Um, it's It was tough at the beginning. I'm, I'm still going through this journey, but it's everything I have to put in place as far as like, like now, just I still get up at five in the morning, go to the gym. Make sure I get that out the way. Then have to give time. I take my kids to school in the morning. Then after I'm taking them to school, I go straight in to do what I have to do as far as work. Um, if I get a few hours in the real estate office, I go in there. But I also set a team around me as well to make sure they can handle the things that I can't handle at the moment. Then when I am driving, um, you know, I'm my time is there. So when someone is calling me about real estate, I'm still answering my phone, but making sure the people that I have place to take care of the things that I need to take care. Um, also running the business with my father. Mm-hmm. So I have to just make sure he's taking care of the things in the office while I'm behind the wheel at the moment and just taking that all in. But it is a lot. And sometimes people don't realize that. And then you have people that call you, expect for you to answer the phone every second. And then I'm a person that I feel bad if I don't take your call, you know, but at the end of the day, I started to realize I can't take everybody's call. I can't be there 24 seven for somebody. It's okay to say no sometimes um, because I got to make sure I'm keeping a balance for myself and my family, you know, so I have to be cautious of uh, everything that I try to do throughout the day, because at the end of the day, when I go home, I have to make sure I'm bringing that good energy home too. I can't give a hundred out in the field and then come home and give 10%, yeah, you know? True. So it's not fair to my kids. It's not fair to my wife. So I got to make sure just balancing it out, 20% here, 20% here, 20% here, and then bringing it home, making sure it's good. 
but giving it all 100%, but 20%. But not being depleted that when you get home, now your wife is getting an attitude and you're tired. I just want to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I have my fair share of that. You know, sometimes I still have those days where I just want to rest. But um, for the most part now, I've been given my time. Like, I'll try to set a date night. We tried that before. We're still, I don't, let me take the word try out. I don't like the word try. But date night, we do date night. And then we'll do uh, kids night activities, have uh, play games and stuff throughout the day. Just so everyone feels like they're getting their time. A little bit of attention, yeah. You know? Which is important. Now, let me ask you this. The music industry is, and especially coming from hip hop, like it's geared to um, to be single, to be free, to, you know, to have many women, uh, women to have many men. You know, it's just geared that way. And I know that I've seen and experienced things in the industry that change my perspective on relationships and men. So I'm sure you've, and definitely coming from a young standpoint, I'm sure a lot of more of what you absorbed is Mm -hmm. different. So tell us about that and then tell us what made you decide to get married. Um, That's a great question because at the beginning, I told myself I would probably never get married. Like, and especially uh, being on the road so long, being away from home, and then you have, you were 50 Cent. You have all these women, everybody's around you, and you see all this fame, and you see everyone going crazy, and it's just like it came to a point where realizing settling down would be the best thing for me. Like after I had my first daughter, that taught me and pretty much um, helped me to be the person I am today because that caused me to stop doing things because I'm no longer living for self. Mm-hmm. So now I'm living for my younger my oldest and I have to make sure that everything that I'm doing makes sense and then I have to make sure I'm making it home safe so that caused me to not go out Uh, I don't intake in drugs alcohol like things like that so that caused me to say that that decision came from what you saw from being in the in the industry well from the drinking and uh, smoking it I got that from 50 knowing that he doesn't do certain certain things. And I had to always be on point and prepared for and I the mean, next that's, day. That's, and that is before now. Now, Because yeah. I don't, we we could only speak on what we knew then. Right. Because um, I know he does have a liquor company. I'm not sure. Right, he, you yeah. Know, I don't know what, but I don't know. But for the most part, yeah. big. I mean, like, He never big, smoked, yeah. never drank. So I always had to make sure I was on point and on top of my game. So I knew I couldn't have that 100% if I was doing these things, which brung it down to, when I got older, I just said I didn't need that because I did so much stuff before, without doing it. So let's continue to do it. So like having that, having my daughter was like, all right, I need to treat her in a way where I want her to be treated when she got older. Whether that's opening the door for her, making sure certain things that she's seen in the house, whether it's love and things like that. That's what I wanted for her. So she knows when she gets older what to look for in a man. And... I, that's when I said, you know what, with my wife, I realized the person I had on my corner because you go through some things, owning businesses and things like that. And in life in general, we all go through things. And then you see the person that's really in your corner when you start to pivot and go down and go through your ins and outs. So you really start to see like, whoa, this is who I have on my corner 
regardless of if we're going to war or if we're just chilling. And sometimes you got to second guess family sometimes and then see who's really with you at that time. And my wife was like my biggest fan and also making sure I was on top of my stuff. And it also told me, got in my rear end when mm-hmm. I needed to to get myself together. So I appreciated that. And then some just told me like, you know, I need to, it's time to lock in. Because there's nothing else, like for me, it's nothing else out there. What's out there? It's hard to find. You have to, ha- you have to meet that person to make you say, I'm done. I'm done. This is it. This is, this is her. Yeah. I, and that, at that point I was, I'm, listen, I, we got so many things to focus on business. Um, what am I doing out there? Like just running around, giving my energy away. It's, Did you uh, grow up in a two parent home? Uh, no. So that's a good thing. A good topic you brought up. My parents were separated. So I never got to feel that homey feeling where you come home, both parents are there, mm-hmm. dinner at the table. I never experienced that. The only people I seen married was my grandfather, my grandfather and my grandmother. And that was the only, I didn't get to see their wedding, but they were married for a very long time, over 40, 40 years. That so, <laughs> I, yeah, I knew it was possible mm-hmm. at that point, you know, but if I looked at my parents, I probably wouldn't be married, but I wanted change. I knew someone in the family had to make change. So I wanted to be the change. That's good. I mean, you know, we, it's so, so many, um, and I could only speak for black men because I've only dated black men mm-hmm. who have that mentality of, oh, I'm never getting married or marriage is just a contract or marriage is, um, you know, I'm not giving up half of my stuff. I'm like, right. you don't even have anything. What are you talking right. about giving up half of your stuff? And if you're choosing the right person, you shouldn't have to worry about those things. Right. But I feel like a lot of, um, you know, a lot of our ideas and our um, examples of marriage, we either we don't have the examples because our parents weren't married or they mm-hmm. our grandparents weren't married. My grandparents were married um, until they until they both passed. And my parents, um, I'm a product of divorce. My mother and father um, divorced when I was eight years old. But I do see, I mean, I come from a family that there are married couples, there aren't married couples. But ultimately, for me, as I'm learning, you seek more and then you learn more. So for me to learn about marriage and the foundation of of how God wants it to be and why God wants it to be, then it doesn't become a contract. So when I hear people say, oh, it's a contract, oh, it's mm-hmm. this. It's either because they come from a failed relationship of divorce and had to pay out a lot of money or, you know, for whatever reasons parents break up. For me, it's important because it's how God wants it to be. And right. I feel like um, we go into these situations and these ideas without an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, we have television for the example and music for an example and like, you know, celebrities who mm-hmm. have these huge weddings and and we want relationship goals. Mm-hmm. Like we're fi- everyone wants Cardi B and Offset's life. And then when she's on, uh, you know, when she's on live crying because he's yeah. disrespecting her, that's real. That is. And it's part of the relationship. And if she's back with him tomorrow, then we all Cardi yeah. Offset. Like yeah. that's just how it goes, because at the end of the day, relationships are not easy. And I mm-hmm. think that people think that marriage means that it's supposed to be like you're supposed yeah. to just be great blissful. life. After. Yeah, yeah, that's just it. It, ta- it takes work. And even with that, before I got married, I went through counseling. Mm. So me and my wife, I so had individually or together together. OK, so I had um, someone I call my uncle family. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were into that. They spoke to 
people as far as helping them with their marriage and stuff like that. So it was, I just started going over during the pandemic. Every like Saturday, we went and watched Power or something. And they were just coaching us and teaching us how, like, because they had this marriage where they were just always, they're always happy and, you know, they cook dinners at, at on Sundays for the family. So I wanted to get in tune with that because I feel like anything that I want to progress in, you need a mentor. And I think a lot of us try to shy away from that and think it's bad to say, oh, I, I had to get a mentor for this. But once we, we started doing that and getting on Zoom calls weekly and then we started seeing like this isn't bad after all. Like, And then I had to think like even if my wife, let's say she took half, God forbid, but she was with me when I had zero. Like when I was paying Peter to pay Paul, like she was there to give me what she had. And it was at a time where she was making more money than me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she still makes a decent amount of money. So what, like, what is it that I'm afraid of? Is that what really what I'm afraid of? Or am I just afraid of commitment? Mm-hmm. You know, of being a man of being, now and yeah. having to take care of a family and giving up the, right. you know, the girls and the wild nights and the hanging out with your friends. And friends. And I lost a lot of friends, too. You did? Yeah. I lost a lot of friends. Um, from saying no. From saying no. And feeling like, I guess, they they lived that party life, but they they never understood that I was okay with them living that life. I could still be a part of their life. They just took me out of it. Like, oh, I can't invite him to certain things. No, you can't invite me because I could have control. Yeah. As long as I don't do what I'm not supposed to, that's fine. I could still go with you in a certain environments. But it may be a time where we go out to eat. Y'all going to the strip club or something, and I might just say, "I, right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Y'all go have y'all fun. I, I'm gonna go home. Yeah, you know. I mean, so. and and that's the part that people don't understand is like, I can still come out and have fun in the way that I have fun. And mm-hmm. when you guys go off to do whatever else it is that you're doing, then it's like even myself. I'm I'm I used to be. You know me. I used to be a party animal out mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> Friday and Saturday was for Bridge and Tunnel and for for tourists, so you didn't see me on Friday and Saturdays. But Sunday through Thursday, if I was in town, I was in a club. Lotus, Pink Elephant, Mansion, Home. Oh, we did the tunnel. You know what's so crazy? Lauren, my sister, um, she used to go to the Boys and Girls Club in Chelsea. So she knew all this. So all the security guards in the Boys and Girls Club Mm. were the security for the tunnel. So oh, when we man. would go to the tunnel, my sister, who was two years younger than me, I was 18, she was 16, they was getting us in the tunnel. Wow. We've been figuring it out for a long time, okay? Long We've been time. showing up to the door of the tunnel and getting going straight in. Never stood on the line. What about Cheetah? Did che- you know it's so crazy? I did <laughs> Cheetah. Cheetah, um, when I was in high school, um, mm-hmm. I entered into this contest for 112 to take us to the prom. Wow. And they announced the winners at Club Cheetah. Wow. <laughs> so I've wow. been in the club for a long time. But I only know this because my aunt, like uh, the person, I, like my second mom, she used to always tell me where she was going. And I, I would be I'd be in the house breaking, like crying, like, where are you going? And every Thursday I knew she was she going, was to, going to the club. So, so it's like, that's why I know about <laughs> it. <'cause> <laughs> well, I, I know you in wasn't there. in there, but I'm sure that your dad and, yep, speed. I mean, we've been... It, this with this was New New York City was the club you know was for for clubbing or whatever the case may be it's totally different now but mm-hmm. you couldn't pay me to go outside first of all I have a threshold of about ten eleven o'clock and then I have to go to bed because if I'm I if I can't function the next day I'm pointless and I don't yeah. like that feeling so 
bye, gotta go, unless I know that I'm yeah. off the next day or like, and don't get me wrong, I'm not no prude or turn into like a real boring person, but I know my limits. I know how much I could drink now. I know how late I could stay up. Yeah. I know how much I could give this so that I'm functionable for the next day, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't care. I mean, I don't have very many friends left, but if you don't understand that, then yeah, there, there's nothing. I mean, bye. Yeah. You I know. think I think that plays a big part into the journey uh, because you start to get in tune with yourself. So just like you said, you know how many drinks you, you take, uh, you know what time you need to be in the house. So that plays a big part in the journey that you've been coming through because you start to learn yourself what I need to do and what I can't do. A lot of people don't witness that. A lot of people don't look for that. So that's good that you are. Uh, Listen, because I just couldn't say, see myself. Doing what I did five years ago, seeing what I did 10 years ago, different body, different mm-hmm. mindset, different, just everything was different. So, and don't get me wrong, I still have friends and stuff that still party and still, mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it. And I guess it's just from constant, you know, the constant of just yeah. doing that same thing. But I, I, my body just can't take it the same way. And yeah. and then this point, it's more important for me to protect my space, protect my peace, protect my sleep. Mm-hmm. because I know that my plate is full. I know that I got to be up at 3.30 to get to work, and I'm going to work about maybe 16 hours. I know that I'm still working on my podcast. I know that my brain is still going on with other things, and I still got to be there for my family, and I still got to be able to answer when my nephews mm-hmm. call. So it is. It's it's uh, balance, is, balance has definitely been one of the hardest things for Same. me to learn throughout this journey. Yeah. Definitely one of the hardest things. All right, so you watch your parents, you watch your grandparents, you still decide to get married, which I think is great. Who who in your family was your role model? Um, so one was my father and then my my uncles. Not all of them necessarily was my blood uncle, but you couldn't separate. You couldn't tell me any different. They've been around changing my diapers and everything else. And I think that's one of the things that my father did for me is put me around all these people. Um, that showed me the way, taught me. And I think the respect that he, my father put on for me showed everyone else around him how to treat me. So they wasn't disrespectful, doing anything that shouldn't be done in front of me and things like that. So like my main was most of my uncles, which are very successful. And uh, I looked up to them and seen the things that they do in all different fields. Some may be stockbrokers, some may be in real estate, but I learned things that I could develop in myself that I saw that was good in them. And that was the main thing. And he always kept me around these people. And as you know, how I met you, my father always brought me around, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it was he had to do something for banks or something. And I'm in that car, like, you know, and I appreciate that in those moments because that taught me a lot. So I could say my father and my uncles have been a very big influence in my life. And then also the people that I work for. Um, I look for the good in most people and anybody that I come across with and try to shy away from the negative because that's not what I really want to focus on. I want to focus on how I could take some of the key things in your life or good things that you do in your life and put it into my life and make my life better. Where, where did that idea and way come come about? Mm. When you meet people, the first thing they tell you is the bad stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I'm about to meet my, you're about to meet my friend or, you know, it, it's yeah. how you kind of introduce people with the bad stuff or, oh, you know, oh, this is my mm-hmm. friend. Can she just come? She's going through it or, you know, it's never yeah. like, 
yo, my friend's yeah. coming because she's mad fun. Like she's gonna she's gonna make this vibe even better. Or, yeah. You know. So how where did that idea come from? I think. Well, I know it came from my grandfather. My grandfather is this like, if anyone got the chance to meet him, this godly, loving person that you know, he did a lot of things. He was also the first African American chef at the uh, World Trade. It wasn't the World Trade back then. It was. Um, it was the World Trade Corps before? Um, um, one some one. I don't know. But me neither. He, we'll, he, we'll look it up. We'll was figure there. it out. <laughs> so and you know, he played all these big major roles and he was just always loving and anyone who came to the house he always opened up the door no matter what you could be a criminal that we don't even know from around that neighborhood and he'll always go I know who you are I know your parents or something like that and then he'll just let him in without any fear or anything so Mm -hmm. I think that rubbed off on me a lot and as far as like the lovingness and people like that's what I look for because a lot of people come up to me with these stories about whoever I've been around and they have a bunch of bad things to say. And I, I just feel like I don't I, I don't really know that side. Not that I didn't see it, but yeah, I don't but pay attention yeah, to that. Like that mindset is just a dope mindset because it we're is. not taught to look for the best in people. We're taught to look for, for the, the worst the in worst. people. Mm-hmm. So when you start to open up with the many different people that I drove, I always look at the one thing that I can learn from them, whether it's how you treat your family, how you treat your co-work, how you treat your employees, how you treat yourself. You know, I look at each person on how I can grow from it. And now, I, let me ask you this. What is your, um, what's your belief system? Like, what's your faith? Um, Christian, godly, very spiritual, um, very big in energy uh, and how I, like, move and things like that. Like, I... Now, like, let me ask you, what is like, because everyone is always like, oh, my God, her energy was terrible. Oh, the energy, the energy. What is the energy for you? Oh, I feel it. Like, I feel like if I come across a person, it's very rare. But if we don't connect uh, right away, sometimes I don't always have to be right away. But my my inner spirit tells me. And sometimes, like, we don't want to listen to it. But for the most part, when they tell me and I do something Against it, it comes out to be and you know, true. and you and you know, you like, damn, I knew I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah. For me, it's like I'm a very intuitive person. So for me, it's like when I meet someone and I'm and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but like if I don't like someone, I don't like you from the first second of me meeting you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I may not know what it is, like I can't put my finger on it, but mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, I'm right. You're right. You know, you gravitate to what you are. So I'm picking up the negative. I'm I'm gravitating towards the negative things in people. It's like what you just said, like finding yourself. It's like when you completely, and it's not, I don't think you ever completely find yourself, but when you come to um, a point in your life where you have peace with yourself mm-hmm. and who you are and who you're becoming and, and what you're, what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, people who don't have that same peace disrupt yours. It's like they disrupt your spirit. I right. just don't have the energy or time to pour into it no more because I'm a queen of making uh, red flags green. Mm-hmm. I feel it. I know it. But then I'm forced in the situation for whatever my reasons to like, you know, you don't want to tell people no. You don't want people to feel bad. You want to include everyone or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. intentions. Because sometimes, you, I mean, I don't know about you, but I could speak for myself saying like sometimes I'll enter into a situation and my intentions are mm-hmm. wrong. 
So when it does not go the way that it's supposed to go, I'm aware immediately, like, all right, Mia, you, you have bad intentions from the beginning. So why did you think that this it was going to go? Why do you left. think that God would bless this situation when you know that your intentions weren't even right? Right. You know, so it's like it's just those things. But, you know, I, I like to ask what energy is to you because everyone and, has something different. It's like everyone's talking about putting things yeah. into the universe. I don't put things into the universe. I just give them to God because God created the universe. Yeah. So why am I going to put something into the universe for him to fetch out when I could just tell him? Well, I think for me, when if I was to say putting into the universe, I'll be saying speaking to God and pretty much just keep setting those affirmations to set out there to let him know what I'm seeking and that I believe it's going to happen. And the way I look at with energy is I compare it to, let's say, a garbage truck, right? They come by every day or whatever days and pick up garbage. They go to house to house to house. And at the end of the day, what does a garbage truck do? Stinks. It makes noise. And Mm -hmm. then it dumps all the trash out. It dumps all the trash out. So you have to be very conscious of who you allow in your space because... At the end of the day, a person can have a bunch of arguments throughout the day. They're looking for that one person to just let it all out on. And I like to keep my vibration high so I don't I don't allow for that person to come dump their garbage out on me. And that's how I look at it is that I have to protect my energy at all costs because anytime you turn on the lights, whether the lights that's on in here, you're getting charged for it. That is so, for you to even the time and the the time frame that I give a person, I'm giving you my time. You're taking away my energy. So you're taking it away from somebody, whether it's to the next person or to my wife or my kids. So I have to be very conscious of the time that I'm giving out mm-hmm. at, the, at the same token. That's like important. this, this the, podcast. The one thing you can't get back. Yeah, it's time. This is valuable to me and to your growth as well. So... I look at it as this is something great, beautiful. I feel good doing this. Thank you. You know, but we're giving away time here. This is your time and this is my time and everybody else that plays a part of this. Yeah, I mean, even the people thank you for who watches because that's your time. Like, you know, the 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 55 minutes of of me talk, I just, you know, I'm appreciative of people who, even if you're working and you got this in your ear or, you know, I listen to podcasts all the time, just hoping that, you know, this, what we're doing here is going to, someone's going to give us their time and that's the deposit and they get something back from it. Right. I think it's going to be excellent. They're going to love everything that they hear from I it. hope so. I mean, I hope so. And I mean, people don't understand. We talk about 50 a lot and it's not to talk about him, but he played a very big Huge part role. in the yeah. foundation of of, I mean, who I am and how I run business. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm changing things because not everything I learned from him mm-hmm. is the right way, but you don't know what's the wrong way until you learn something different. different yeah. And not to say that, you know, it was wrong. It's just what worked for me at that time in my life. Right. And if I didn't if I didn't learn those things, then I wouldn't have been able to succeed and fail in order to move forward to do the things that I'm doing now. When I first, we first started, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I even in the first episode, I'm like, I'm nervous. And everyone's like, you don't seem nervous. And I am. I'm nervous. I'm, But I'm always behind the camera. I'm yeah. never in front of the camera. I've always been behind the camera. But those little things that I heard 50 say is like, you know, even if it's not your best, it's practice. Yeah. If, if he performs the same way for one person as if he performs for 50,000 people, 100,000 people, right. 200,000 people, a million people, because everything is practiced until it just becomes second nature. And 
I hope this becomes second nature because I've yeah. been practicing this for a long time. I feel like everything that I've been doing thus far has led me to this moment in order to have a story to tell. And not to say that everyone doesn't have a story, but a story that everyone wants to hear. Yeah. So thanks, 50. You got it. And they have a saying <laughs> that says, how you do one thing is how you do everything. I believe that's how the saying goes. But how you do one thing is how you do everything. Like you said, with whether you're performing in front of 10 people or 100,000 people, you should give your all and your best. To everything. To everything. Yeah, that's true. Do you teach your daughters that? Of course. Of course. I have this um, book that I was reading. It's The Four Agreements. Um, and I go back and forth to reading it again and again. But it, it shows you do your best and all. And although this may be something new for you, let's say, for instance, this podcast, you may not know everything you need to do each episode right now until you build up to later on. But... As long as you're your best version of you on episode one through 10, it's going to be the best thing ever. All I know how to do is be me for the most part. I'm just like, I made it thus far. I made it this far. I made it thus far. I'm still working. I'm still creating. I'm still coming up with businesses. Yeah. Yeah. You only control what you can control. And you really can't that's control it. much. So believe in God <laughs> and let him control it. Control it. That's, that's really it. how it works because I've controlled. I thought. He will let you control because I've mm-hmm. controlled a lot of the situations that I've that I've been in and had. But when you how you go up and what you go up with is mm-hmm. how you come down and what you come down with. Right. So it's important. Like for me, it was just important for me to be like, OK, I got to shed all of that and shed all mm-hmm. of what I was. Because until you kind of get caught up too with the celebrity of. I'm 50's driver, I'm 50 stylist, I'm, I'm, you know, you start to yeah. lose yourself and thinking that, you, yeah, you are this person's, you know, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but you still have to have skills to do this job. You still yeah. have to maintain yourself to do this job. Working for these people is not the yeah. easiest thing because you got to deal with them. You got to deal with their personality. You got to deal with their attitudes, their moods, Everything. their wins, their losses. When that album doesn't doesn't sell, when that song yeah. doesn't hit, we're around in the in in, in the, the most intimate yeah. moments. You are driving the car, so you hear everything. everything. You see everything. Being in the car with someone who is mad. Yeah, you. I don't think people understand the role of uh, a personal driver as much because we get to hear that everything. So it's the it's the uh, the people they're upset with when they leave the venues, the people that they're upset with that works with them. And it's just like, even the family, you get to see certain things that, the you know, you can never the speak arguments, of. But... The you hear the, I mean, because you think about yeah. it, when you're in your car, that's your safe space. And you, you're on the phone. And right. when you're around the same person for so long, you become comfortable where you don't even realize that they're there anymore. And you're hearing all kinds of things and saying yeah. all kinds of things. So it's like you have to be a person of integrity also for the most part. Like to be yeah. that, to be around that and yeah. have that much integrity says a lot about a person. Yeah, it's, it, I, it's the way I was raised. So it's certain things you just don't speak of no matter Kitchen business you know? is yeah. not your business. That's you it. overhear it, you hear mm-hmm. it, you shut up. Like you mind your business, and that's just yeah. that's how you stay along. It's not your business. Not your business. And then and and being in these situations and being around these people has also humbled me a lot. And understanding, like you said, you're around these celebrities and things like that. We play a really big role. But I like to also humble myself. And like half of the time, you won't even know who I work for. You won't know what I'm doing. My wife, it took her two years, I think, 
to know that I was driving, working with 50. Really? Like, yeah. Prior I mean, to and I, was I, having and I get kid. it because just we we know that that type, and I tell people all the time, being associated with people and certain celebrities and the things that you do attracts a certain kind of people. Mm-hmm. And if you are not open to those certain kind of people, then those certain kind of people will latch onto you like leeches. And then you don't Absolutely. even realize that your blood is being sucked mm-hmm. and, and, and it's hard to get a leech off. Yeah. Oh, can I come around? Let's go out to eat. And, oh, um, can I come to a show? And that's how it all starts. Yeah. And these are people that, weren't genuinely there with you throughout the whole thing, but they started to come. Oh, I got a song I want you to give. Can you just pass it on? I lost friends from that, too. I lost I, I lost friends that way, and I've had family um, put me in a different box also, mm-hmm. and I had to explain to people the reason why I was around. When you're around someone and you hear everything, mm-hmm. you hear them complain about things that people do. Right. So you try not to do the things, things that you that hear people complain, complain about, about doing. <laughs> So I was smart. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to the things that are being done, and I'm hearing the complaints that come from the things that are being done. Right. So why would I do the same thing? I never put myself in a different box. I'm still an employee. Mm-hmm. And at the end yeah. of the day, I, I, everything is disposable. And, and it's like, why would you make that same mistake? Same mistake. But that's a person like yourself. That's a person who cared about what they were doing. And you knew you had goals and accomplishments to happen. So you watched and you cared about the person you were working with. Mm-hmm. So you seen what hurt them. You seen what they dis- dislike. And you changed yourself to know, I won't let this happen. Yeah. I'm not going to make this mistake. No. No. <laughs> A lot of people don't think like that. They just... People don't think that don't. learning from others, like, oh, everyone makes their own mistakes. No, I feel like if I'm around a group of, uh, and this is for me now, just as I get older, I'm choosing, um, I pray for like-oiled friends. I pray mm-hmm. for people who are, um, who who can pour into me. No mm-hmm. more, in, no more cracked cups, no more empty cups. You have to be a full cup because you cannot pour from a cracked or empty cup. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's important for me to be the friend that I want to be that um, until I attract that person and for me to, um, my who I attract is because I'm different. I attract differently, mm-hmm. so it's important for me just to, you know, just to make sure. As like we talked about protecting our peace, I don't want to be no one's garbage can. You can't just come dump, you know. And don't get me wrong, you and your friends talk once in a while about what's going on, but if you're not talking to a higher power, not every yeah. problem is something to talk about. Sometimes you have your problems, you work through them, you get through them, and it's not even a problem. Mm -hmm. So I try not to be like, when I started realizing that I was becoming the dump truck for my, like, the garbage Mm -hmm. truck for my friends, I had to change the truck. Oh, yeah. So now I'm a G-Wagon. Okay. Oh. AMG. My wife went that. S63, okay? (laughs) I'm not playing no games. I'm not a garbage truck anymore. I don't want your trash. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. If my friends are coming to me to discuss a problem, it's to discuss a problem with the goal of coming up with a solution, solution or listening yeah. or to listen to my, because now I don't go to people unless I feel like you are my wise counsel. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just different now. It's like, I need you to be my wise counsel. So I don't, if if I have friends who are just constantly dumping, always mm-hmm. with a problem, I'm like, oh my God, we it's live the much. life we want. When are you going to, when are you going to stop? Or when are yeah, you going you to change? Want better for yourself. Yeah, it's like that part. So, and it's important for me, for my nephews, because I don't have any children. But yeah. for me, it was important to how I conduct myself because they watch. They're watching. Yeah. They're watching everything. 
Everything mm-hmm. that I say, any advice that I give, and it's funny, look how God works. I give my oldest nephew advice about mm-hmm. his parents or just about anything, and then flip, it happens to me, and now I have to practice what I just what told him. What you just told him, yeah. What you said a second ago, you also have to teach people how to treat you. I'm learning that. Yeah, so I learned that with a couple people also. One of the main, uh, my mom, I could say. My mom always called me, and she might complain about something. It's just, you know, some people just want to let off their smoke. But you got to teach them that I'm not the person to let off the smoke with. I'm not a firefighter. So don't, you know, like you can call me with certain situations, but you then have to teach them how to treat you. So what I used to do is when my mom would call me, I don't know if she realized this to this day or not, but anytime she would start nagging, i say I have to call her back. Somebody's calling me. Mm-hmm. i say I'll call you back. And then when I was ready to have that conversation, I'll call her back on that time. And then she's but, in a different space because so she's now, not as yeah. angry. She's so now when she, yeah, when she calls me now, now she doesn't want to speak about that because she wants the conversation to go a little longer. Oh. So, so you, now she's... It's like, I mean, you you do. You teach people. You train people. So in the midst of you doing that, she's like, oh, let me catch this. Yeah. I'm complaining. He got to... Every time I complain, he got to call gotta me call. back. It's so a trigger. Let me, yeah. Let me not let yeah. me not do that anymore. So, so that now I, I want to talk to you longer. Now I'm telling her I'm going to church on Sundays. Okay. Now she want to take the ride with me. Now we're both in church. And just little things like that. You just got to treat... I mean, teach the people how to treat you. Certain things you don't like. You nip it in the bud right away so they don't do it again. All right, you want to do this? All right, so we're not going to talk for a whole month because you're not, you did, now you're not respecting. It's setting boundaries. How I wanna, yeah, it's, it's just setting, setting boundaries. Healthy boundaries. You know, it's yeah. like setting boundaries and getting people to um, adhere to your boundaries without having to tell them. Because I feel like when you have to tell someone a boundary, it becomes a rule. Mm-hmm. And people like to break rules mm-hmm. and they don't like to be told what to do. So it's you're right. It's like you got to train them in the way that you know, all right, yeah. all right, you did that. Now I fall back. You do it again. Now I fall back. I might disappear. Yeah. If you don't get it, you don't get you it. Don't but get I'm going to protect my peace at all costs. And you'll realize the people who love you and the people who want to see you succeed and want you around in their presence, they will start adjusting to everything you have going on because I went vegan for two years. So I tell people I'm vegan. I'm not eating this. I don't eat this. So every time I come around, I watch the people who would adjust. And like if I go to a meeting in my office, they'll start making sure they have something vegan. Before, it would never be nothing vegan. Mm. But now they're like, oh, we got to make sure that Anthony has something to eat when he's here. So people that really want you around in their presence, they'll start adjusting to the things that you're accustomed to. Mm. And then the ones who don't, well, be it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's not meant to be in your life for forever, so... I mean, it's just becoming okay with that and knowing that I'm not dis, you know, I'm not dismissing you or not speaking to you because of, you know, because mm-hmm. I used to be the queen of, of, oh, you did something wrong, cut you off, no more, no explanation, no boundary. So you, don't, you don't think people deserve a second chance? <laughs> For me, I, with second chances, I am, I think it, I'm, I've, Learn to put it in an individual case Mm -hmm. because I've given second chances. Like, say, for instance, I've had boyfriends that cheated Mm -hmm. and you give them a second chance and then they cheat again and then they cheat again. I feel like when you give a second chance and something bad, it just allows the person to see how far they could go and how far they could go again. Knowing that you're going to forgive them, they'll just do it again. So in those instances, it's like in certain circumstances, I believe in no 
Mm-hmm. I'll not, that the cheating thing won't ever be. You get one chance, and if you value me and who I am, then you'll never put it in jeopardy to 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 cheat. So that I won't ever give a second chance on. No, but no. I gave it. I gave it a second chance. No, you know why I'm not giving it a second chance because I'm 43 now. And I feel like at 43, I've made enough mistakes in being a cheater and being cheated on mm-hmm. that I know that it's not something that needs to be done. I, I don't no purpose for yeah, it. Yeah, it's no purpose for it. And if you still are in that realm of your life where you can be tempted or you don't have self-control or you don't have patience, then that just means that you're not the person for me. Right. And I'm not going to I'm not going to allow myself. It's just and that's yeah. a boundary that I set. But I do believe in second chances because no one is perfect. Mm-hmm. No one is perfect. And um, people grow and people change. And, you know, um, you know, we make decisions in the split moment of something that may not be right or may not. You know, you don't know what people are going through. Right. So I do believe in second chances. Yeah, I, I, It will work for me as if um, depending on how, how much I want it or I'm willing to fight for it. If a person keeps making a certain amount of mistakes. Like, do I really want to invest my time and energy more into trying to help you get better at this? Or Cause, if I mean, I'm it okay is, with it's like you, it? You're teaching someone how to treat you. You're teaching someone yourself. But then in the midst, it's like, is this person a listener? Is this person trying to learn me? Or is this does person... does not care. Yeah. Because I, I've, I've, come across, I've, I've come across... And there's nothing wrong with that. There are yeah. some people who just don't care. They don't care. Like, they're selfish. They, I yeah. mean, they just don't care. It's about them. And... And how it is is how it is. And if it's not my way, it's no way. And I mean, and, and we've all been that person at some point. And, and the easiest way to say it is to walk in the image of Christ. Right. If I was creating the image of God, then that means that I have to walk in the image of God. And that's not easy. And there's mm-hmm. trials and tribulations. Image like created in the image like, like, mm-hmm. not is. So in like, yes, I'm going to make mistakes. Yes, I am going to trip. Yes, I am not going to make the mark every time. But when I don't, I, I want to be able to say, mm, okay, this is where this came from. This is why this happened. Or this is mm-hmm. what I'm reverting back to. Or, all right, I made a mistake. I'm going to do differently. Or this, the way I act hurts people. So maybe I need to take a look at myself and change that so that I could do differently. You know, it's right. if I'm not, if I, I just hope that I'm being surrounded by people that are in that same mindset of growth. Mm-hmm. Because in growth, when I'm not looking for perfection, I'm just looking for progression, like that you're trying. And that and that's really what any relationship with me now has to be. It's like we're not perfect people, but I need to be around people who are progressing, who want to change, who want to do differently, who mm-hmm. I can see the change in them, who, you know, they can say, see the change in me where we encourage each other, where we grow with each other, where, you know. Accountable. For exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's it's, how I it's look important. at every relationship, friends, family, whoever. If we ain't if we ain't growing together, then we're gonna have to grow apart. When you really start to understand accepting people for who they are, regardless of mm-hmm. what you expect them to be, because our expectations are definitely something that mm-hmm. put us into a boat that definitely will take you into the middle of the ocean with no anchor. Yeah. Yeah. So I always close out asking. What is your biggest win and what is your biggest loss? And there is no timeline. It could be for the day. It could be for life. It could be for, you know, your career, whatever the case may be, whatever you feel right now that mm-hmm. comes, pops in your head. What's your biggest win and your biggest loss? Uh, my biggest win would be my family, meaning my first off, my daughter. Uh, once I had my daughter, it changed my life 
that changed the perspective of how I look at things in life, how I treat women to allow me to be a husband to my wife. So I'll say my daughter, um, my biggest loss. I really don't, I would say my biggest loss would be my grand, losing my grandfather last year, but that's not really a loss to me because I gained an angel and I gained somebody that's always with me throughout the day. So I don't really take it as a loss. I take it as a, a certain things as a lesson, but that's my biggest blessing, my grandfather. So I had to put it like that. No, I mean, but it we makes don't sense take because we think that death is like the worst thing ever. That's the one thing we're guaranteed in life is death. But mm-hmm. when you lose someone, but you gain everything that they gave you, and now you get to practice that, and now you get to feel when, you, when you're when you practicing something that you heard your grandfather tell you or do, yeah. you get a warm feeling. That warm feeling that you get this, like, it's like confirmation of him saying, like, all right, yeah. I, I see it. He's I mean, always with me. I got I got this, this, chain, this pendant I made right here. He gave me this rock some years ago. And then... These bracelets that I wear is uh, Be Radiant, Be The Change. These are the bracelets I took off him once he passed away. So, and how old was your grandfather when he passed? Uh, 93 turning 94. Wow. That means he lived a lot of life. So being yeah. the first black of certain things, like first black chef in the World Trade Center, what else was he the he first? He did the Million Man March. He, he'd been, the, original uh, he's in a, yeah, the original one. The original one when he was one. Farrakhan, that... Korean War, all that stuff. He partaked in all that stuff. So in a big environment in Queens and giving back to the community every Thanksgiving, we fed hundreds of people warm plates. We still keep that tradition. Now, me and my father, every year we give out uh, at least 300 to 500 turkeys. Yep, I donate to that every year. We'll make sure we add that that in so that people can donate. It's a simple thing, $20, $25. That's all. I don't care if it's a dollar. You can help another person. You know, that's the main thing. It's just I'm not big at putting it out there to donate because I take it as whatever I have or whatever we have to, together. Work. That's what that's what's going to work. Yeah, but you, you only know? get what you ask for. So whenever Thanksgiving is around again, I'm going to make sure that I put that, you know, we plug that so that we eat. Why you you got to make sure everyone else does, too. Thank you. And thank you for always. Uh, contributing to that, contributing to the business, because you're always using the transportation. I sure do. So we appreciate I you. love Uber, but I love a black car. <laughs> I love the service of a black car. I love that they come, they're suited, the cars are nice, they're always fully yeah. stocked with great water and snacks, they're never late. Um, Thank you. Doors are open, and it doesn't even matter that it's me. They still get out the car and open the door for me. I love the service is it's, the service is what I love about thank you you know you guys car service you could go get an Uber but I love the service and I also like supporting my friends so if I'm gonna spend the money on an Uber why would not you guys and they go everywhere I live in New Jersey you guys are based mm-hmm. out of Queens that car is here okay on time, on time. <laughs> always on time nice car all the time you know yeah thank you yeah so what uh, what else do you have going on um, you know, I do my real estate. Anybody need real estate needs in New York, even out of town, I work with other people that's associated in different markets. So if y'all need that help. Um, my family, we also have a hot pepper sauce that's uh hitting the markets. Let us see that. Uh called the crew sauce. So as you guys can see here, this one right here is the mild. We're we have a ton of different spices. We got the hot, the hot, hot. This one right here, you can pretty much give to the kids. You can allow them to dip their fries. You can marinate it in sauce. You, you can do whatever you want. 
So it's um it's called Crew Sauce. Started it from in Liberia. So it's gonna be hitting the markets a lot. So it's of not here. out yet. It is. You can find it on Amazon. It's crew K R U Sauce. There we go, Amazon. So become a crew member now. They, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, make sure you give your Instagram um, and the, yes. the the transportation company too. Don't start booking up too much, and then when it's time for me to go, they booked. Yeah, and, and don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna hook you up. If they come through you, I I got you. Just say you're friends with, with sprinters, me. black cars, escalades, escalades, whatever you need. I mean, we we got it in every any cities too. We have affiliates. My my main Instagram page is Anthony underscore J Freeman and the business page is a free ride luxury transportation and my real estate page is the golden key experience there we go I hope you guys enjoyed Anthony because it's been a real pleasure to watch you grow into this person to where now you're a guest on my podcast that even I have Crazy. a podcast. We've we've grown and it age doesn't matter because I've watched him grow, but he's also watched me grow. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be part of your life, a part of your journey, and for you gracing my sofa with yes. your story. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, you know what I do want to have you do before we actually close out? Can you what you need? I need a prayer. I need oh, you to close us out in prayer. That's easy. We could we could do that. All right. So let's 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 do that. All right. So we could we could put our hands up. We good. Actually, I, we I could hold your hand. All right. We good. And the rest of the people around, we we got this. Lord, I come to you today to say thank you. I am grateful to be able to sit on this couch with Mia and the family, and be able to put positivity out in the world. To be able to get her word across. To Hit, allow other people to hear what she has to say and give valuable information to whoever may need this information. I ask that you continue to bless over her, her entire team, to allow them to continue to grow and prosper and be whatever they desire to be in life and to continue to gain more information to give more information out there in the world. Lord, I ask that you look over, look after us, protect us, put your shield around us for this world that we are walking out into, the journey that we have to come. And amen. Amen. Everyone, thank you for your time. Thank you for watching. Make sure you click like and subscribe. Make sure you follow the Instagram page. Make sure you go become a crew member and get that crew hot sauce. Let us know how you feel about that. And enjoy the day. Peace.